What is up and welcome to a brand new era of the Grey Wolf Network. It is Ned joined by John for the We're Old Now podcast. John, how are you, man? Exciting times? Oh, very exciting times, man. But feeling quite old, as you sort of pointed out there. And what a way to kick off a new show, man, with none other than Michael Berryman, who's joining us today. How are you doing, sir? Doing very well. We're here in, uh, in hot and humid Florida. I love it because before we jumped onto the interview, you're like, you guys are there wearing funny hats. John and I, we're in the middle of an Australian winter. It actually does happen and it's quite cold here. So we've got the beanies and the works on and you're there sweating it up in Florida. So uh, what is uh, what is cold? Uh, Vernon Wells is a good buddy of mine. So uh, anyway, he's from your zip code. Uh, how cold is it? Oh, what is it today? In Celsius, it's, it'd be below 10. I'm not sure what that would be in Fahrenheit, but it's quite chilly. It's below freezing. Yeah, oh, just wow. about. It feels yeah. like it. And we're old, so, you know, we feel the cold. Yeah, you're old. All right. Okay. I'm 72. <laughs> no, that's still very young at heart, of course. Now, Michael, we want to talk to you. You must be very excited because the Comic-Cons and whatnot are sort of just starting to get back into the swing of things. How great is it for you to sort of get past that now and you're going to, you know, get back out on the road again? Well, it's, it's been a very cautionary tale for everybody for the last year. All my actor friends and celebs have, uh, you know, they've all gotten vaccinated. You know, at least get the first two. You know, there's a lot of people that uh, don't believe in science. And, uh, you know, we've had some neighbors, uh, you know, uh, contract COVID and they were dead within two weeks. So, yeah, it's a real deal. Uh, you know, just be smart, respectful, uh, wear a mask, you know, get on a plane, behave yourself, you know, don't wind up in jail. There's a lot of idiots out there, but bottom line is it's serious. I come from a medical family, medical background, three generations. So <clears throat> overall, um, I'm doing good. I'm healthy. Uh, uh, I, I did a show last week in Oklahoma City. Uh, it, it was huge. Uh, people have been waiting all, a whole year. Uh, it was a wonderful turnout. It's great to see all our friends and, and, this, and, and the fans. It, it, it's like uh, it was a horror and comic book convention. I, I'm doing uh, Monster Mania uh, in about uh, uh, I think in about three weeks. It's in uh, the New England area, uh, so we're getting booked up pretty solid. It's very exciting. I, li I like to travel. Uh, I like being in airports. It means I'm uh, meeting my responsibilities. I can pay my mortgage and, you know, uh, treat my wife and I to a vacation once in a while. But overall, um, uh, uh, things are good. I, uh, I I finished my memoir. It's been about a year and a half uh, process. It's, uh, it's pretty good read. I just finished the prologue this morning, sent it off to my manager. So we're uh, pitching it to some publishers and hopefully... Uh, via my Facebook page and, uh, of course, uh, online and shows like your own, I'll uh, let people know uh, where they can get it. It's a pretty inter interesting read. As oh, far as uh, film work, uh, I have friends that have done some. They had to be sequestered and quarantined, which is only smart because if one person, you know, breaks protocol and gets sick, then your investors lost their money. And, and your actors, your schedules, are, it, it just messes everything up. So um, it's good to be uh, uh, up and about and out of the hospital. That's good. Cool. Well, hopefully we can get you out to Australia at some time, Michael. If you need somewhere to crash, like just let us know. <laughs> well, I do like room service, so uh, you, you might want to think about that. <laughs> yeah, you get plenty. And look, so I suppose on the topic of memoirs and your career, let's sort of throw it back a little bit to your first few roles. Michael, of course, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Um, and of course the Hills have eyes, that sort of big breakout role. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the space? Like I read that you sort of started out as a florist and sort of got dragged into the acting space. I'd love to hear a bit about it. 
Well, that's pretty funny because uh, I, I was never a florist. Uh, that was just a, an interview gone bad. That, that thing go bad. That, <laughs> oh, it was a misquote. It's been on, you know, once something's on the internet, I don't have the time to correct everybody. But overall, I was never a florist. I delivered flowers for a flower shop when I was in high school. It was one of my first jobs. So I've been to nursing homes. I, I walked into a, a lot of uh, funeral parlors. And <laughs> just as a quick side note, when when you're in a funeral parlor and you have to get signatures for expensive wreaths, which is required by your boss, you're supposed to push a button and somebody will eventually show up down the hallway and, and verify that you made the delivery. You know, it's just what you do. Mm. Well, one day I was, you know, kind of in a hurry. I, I had a lot of deliveries and I'm in Los Angeles area and I'm hitting a buzzer, hitting a buzzer, nobody showing up, nobody showing up. And after about 10 minutes, I'm going, oh, screw this. So I went down the hallway, started looking where, to see where the guy was. And I opened the door and there was a there was this dead guy embalmed with with his chest cavity up over his head. And, you know, they were oh, doing the innards and what, and he's halfway dressed in, in a tuxedo. And I'm going, holy crap. <laughs> and, and I turn around and just then I see the guy running up the hallway. Going, you can't be in there. And, and I'm going, uh, I'm not going back in, but. Uh, just uh, leave the flowers next to him and get out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I signed out. So the florist thing, uh, no, I was never a florist. What did happen was when I left the University of California in 1972, I had studied a, a lot of veterinary science. I couldn't complete my uh, obligation to take care of animals because uh, my birth defects, the ends of my fingertips are, are never there. They never were there. So doing procedures would have not done an animal justice. I learned a lot. Uh, I took, I have a minor in art history, yay. Um, I, I had worked in food and beverage a lot, of, a lot. Anyway, I wound up in Santa Monica, my hometown. And I had a little, I had a friend that had a gift shop in Venice Beach, and right near the ocean. Yeah, just a little hippy dippy store. As a matter of fact, I was uh, not welcome to, to <laughs> move back into the house I grew up in, a, a giant five bedroom home. That's in my book. Uh, so I'm living in the street, basically, in my van. And since we were, since we had this little gift shop, it was actually a, a little uh, beach. Uh, two-bedroom cottage at one time, so I could crash there. Well, across the street was a very high-end antique store, and we got to know all our neighbors on West Washington Boulevard, and they had a special invitation-only sale for very wealthy clients. And they had Egyptian antiquities, you name it, all this fancy stuff. So we put a bunch of our plants and, you know, ficas and orchids and whatnot to make the place look nice. You know, we made a few bucks and we were hobnobbing with, you know, people in with chauffeured cars and Mercedes and Bentleys and Rolls Royces and it was kind of fun. So, we, and we were all dressed up really to the nines, as they say. Well, one of the owner's father was the producer of War of the Worlds and the Journey to the Center of the Earth and the Time Machine, a very nice gentleman named George Powell. Now, George Powell was the father of, of the daughter well, his daughter was co-owner of the store. It was called the Gallimaufry. All right, so I meet George and we're just having a good conversation, a glass of wine. And, and I go, uh, hey, uh, didn't you make some movies? I go, yeah, yeah. And, and, but he did this. He says, are you an actor? And I go, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, and then he explained who he was. I said, well, you made these cool movies. And he said, look, I'm doing a movie called Doc Savage. And I go, oh, yeah, I've read those books. He said, well, 
I think your face, uh, it would fit the, the, in how I envisioned the character. Long story short, he gave me a card for his office in Warner Brothers Studios and he said, call my office, I, I want you to meet my director and I want, I want to hire you for one day to be at Harold Lloyd's estate where Doc Savage meets uh, Juan Jose Morales, the coroner of Hidalgo, who has a, uh, the answer as to you know, how his father died. And uh, so I go, okay. Yes, and I blew my nose. Anyway, <laughs> I'm only human. So I did that. And I, I, I got a phone call to show up for uh, a wardrobe fitting and all that good stuff. And then I got another phone call one day and they, they said, someone's bringing you a script. Here's your lines. Okay, I studied that. And then I got a phone call and said, show up. And I did. And we, we shot the scenes with Ron Ely and the rest of his people. And it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun and then i i got done uh, i had a sag card thanks to george he made sure i you know uh, got, was taft hartley that means if you work at least a minimum of two days in a union uh production uh you have to join the union so he he coughed up a couple hundred bucks for my initiation paid my dues for a year and i had a sag card and i think i made after taxes uh 400 uh, 400 so i figured wow that was interesting what am i going to do now <laughs> Well, I was thinking of homesteading in Alaska. That was actually my plan. I had uh, the equipment. I had a four-wheel drive truck. I was researching uh, uh, how, how to do that homestead. And I, and I love nature photography and the preservation of natural habitats, for instance. Well, that never happened. George had a casting director who I had never met and uh, Mike Fenton and Gene Feinberg, and they were casting for another project. So my day two um, in the film industry was uh, Salem, Oregon at State Mental Hospital working on Cuckoo's Nest for 127 days. That's how it started. Wow. wow. There you go. That's awesome. Like, and it's funny you say about the florist story. Like, we can update your Wikipedia. That's fine. No worries about that, man. But no uh, that's crazy. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's awesome. But tell us a little bit about filming The Hills Have Eyes. I'd love to know what it was like sort of working with Wes Craven and kind of how that movie was, I guess, received at the time. It would have been a little bit, uh, you know, controversial, I suppose. Left field, maybe? Yeah, left field. Oh, uh, it was, uh, well, first of all, uh, Wes Craven is a very intelligent, calm, soft-spoken, wonderful guy. Um, his smile was disarming and yet his uh, wicked imagination was uh, sinister in the sense of mm. he could really create tension. He knew how to build a story. And I, I, I was familiar with the uh, Mojave Desert. Uh, I, I liked going there in the winter and fall and spring, you know, not so much in the summer, of course, because it's bloody hot. But uh, <laughs> in the spring, in the desert, when the desert is in bloom after the, the flood, uh, the heavy rains, there's probably very few places on, on the planet that are as, as beautiful and vibrant when it's in bloom. It's really an experience. So I've always, I, 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 I was an Eagle Scout, Boy Scout, all that kind of stuff, scuba diver, mountain climber, woodsman, climbing trees, chainsaws. I've done all of that stuff. Yeah. Well, 
we were filming in the desert, which I was familiar with, and we had LA actors who pretty much had done television and, and didn't have a lot of credits. Uh, Suze Lanier and Dee Wallace and Jimmy Whitworth and, and, and uh, um, um, oh, our good friend who played Bobby, uh, Janice Blythe, all of them. We became family over the last 40 years. We keep in touch. We run into each other occasionally when we're in town, but um, it was delightful. We we wanted we didn't have much of a budget. <laughs> we, we had a, a couple of vans and trucks that uh, people that had our equipment provided, and then uh, we had a little uh, motor home, and that's what that was our dressing room, makeup, wardrobe, everything, and chill space in between shots. It was rough and tumble. It really it really really was. Um, we had an approach of making the uh, the characters real. Like there was one scene when uh, Pluto is in the hills looking at the, the family that we have uh, stranded. And I've got the uh, walkie talkie and the, and the binoculars and Wes wanted me to take my knife and just go swipe, swipe on the rock for tension and then take off like we're gonna get ready for the attack. Yeah. And I told Wes, that was the only time I disagreed with him. I said, no, Pluto's knife would be deadly razor sharp at all times and to swipe it on a rock would dull it. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, 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 I just need it for the tension. I says, no, I got to do another movement. I'm, I'm into the character. He, no, but um, it was a challenge. It was, it was uh, very, very physical, hot in the daytime, cold at night. Um, getting, getting, uh, working with a handheld camera in tight quarters, for instance, when I'm attacking Brenda, Susan Lanier, and uh, pulls me off, my, my head actually wipes the lens. Well, my head actually went into the, the lens piece and the, and the sunshade of the lens actually cut the back of my skull. Oh. I just get, you know, just broke my skin. And then uh, the Eric uh, Serafian, the uh, DP, he had a big shiner from that. And my point is, <laughs> uh, we just rolled with the punches. <laughs> I mean, uh, um, uh, when the mother uh, gets shot, um, it actually, uh, um, this, when she w- when she went back into the uh, as a couch area where the table is in the kitchen of the trailer, when she hit the the couch, it 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 relocated the uh, strap that was holding her squib loads for the blood explosion, and it literally uh, blew off the, the end of her her nipples. Oh, and, and, and it was and terrible. I, I mean, and she had to go immediately to the hospital. Oh. Um, sometimes things happen. Um, the snake was a real Mojave green. It wasn't a regular rattlesnake. We were out in the middle of the desert where there's really good people. There, there's 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 really really great people, and there's really bad people. You know, meth labs, uh, people that abduct children and, and steal animals and use them for satanic rituals. I mean. I, I had a lot of friends in law enforcement, and uh, at, at, I would hang out at real crappy CD bars. And um, you know, so if there needed to be an intervention, I would try to keep people and critters safe from harm. Something I've done my whole life. But yeah. we needed a rattlesnake. Now, if you're going to go through Hollywood to the phone book and say we need a rattlesnake handler, it's going to cost you an arm. Well, we didn't have a big budget, right? Mm. So how do you think we got it? How do you think we got a snake? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Berryman just went out there and grabbed one from the desert. 
No, no, no. Far, far from back, brother. No, uh, they sent one of the uh, members of the uh, company to go to the local bar oh. and ask around. Huh? And so after buying a few rounds of drinks, he goes, hey, we're doing this, uh, you know, cannibal, scary horror movie on the middle of the desert up the road. And uh, we need a rattlesnake. Uh, somebody chimes in and goes, I got a snake. I'll bring a snake. It's my pet, my pet rattlesnake. And it was. Wow. This this guy shows up with a pet rattlesnake. That was a big snake. So um, what he had done was uh, he had taken a monofilament line and, and punched a hole and, and just made one little suture on his lip. Now, how we did that, I couldn't tell you. But it could open his mouth a little bit, but not, I mean, really. Um, I didn't check to see if that was the case. That's what I heard. But I also saw him put it in an ice so he'd get lethargic and slow. All right. So one day we're sitting, we're taking a lunch break. We're sitting in a dry gully, washed out ravine. And I see people to my left jumping up and running away. And then the next person next to them doing the same thing. Well, I put two and two together and just decided I'd get up and run away too. Well, the snake got loose and it was heading up the road. So the snake handler's getting his lunch and he's going, Oh, oh crap, you know, and he's running back to go get a snake, put it back in the box because he got out and our actress, Janice Blythe, picked up the snake and went to hand it to Wes Craven who fainted. And then the, the guy showed up and uh, says, oh, no, 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 you give it the snake and put it away. I guess what I'm trying to say is we're lucky we survived that show. <laughs> well, we were thinking that. I'm sure you were, John. Yeah. I was thinking, man, this sounds like they were lucky to get out alive. Yeah. That poor lady's nipples, man. <laughs> this is something else right here, Michael. Are these the sort of stories that are going to be in your book? Uh, in the second book, uh, I pick up um, from the hills going forward. Okay, the first good. book, it's the title is "It's All, It Is All Good. And uh, the cover is a picture of me with hair before I had my surgery. And it's a story about how my mother, who was a nurse, my dad, who was a neurologist and uh, brain surgeon, my dad was on a secret mission to go to Hiroshima at, right after they dropped the bomb. Wow. I have pictures, which I never, sh I do not share, but I have pictures of vaporized images of human beings mm -hmm. that have been infused into solid concrete walls. Mm, wow. Now, the time my father was in Hiroshima at Ground Zero, um, his body obviously became highly radioactive. And it does affect your genetics, your genes. So I was born with uh, about, I don't know, I've heard everything from 17 to 23 different birth defects. But uh, long story short, I, I was born premature. I had almost two months. In 1948, that was a big deal. My head was fused. The creases in my skull uh, is from a uh, from a craniectomy where they uh, they had to make space for the brain to grow at Children's Hospital and uh, had that one haircut. And uh, I'm still alive at 72 years old. Yay! A haircut? Who cares, right? Yeah. So it, it's the story of this boy's life, and these uh, the prologue uh, talks about at the end of the prologue it talks about what it was like from um, around 1950 you know from 1948 until I uh, I, I end the first book right after uh, Cuckoo's Nest and then I touch on Hills Have Eyes a little bit and I finish with the premiere of Cuckoo's Nest and seeing it with 
I can't tell you. You'll have to read the book. No. But yeah. the uh, subtitle is quite straightforward. It's called "From." Uh, it's all good by Michael Berryman, from Hiroshima to Hollywood. Yeah, I like that right there. When's this one going to be available, Michael? We need to get our hands. I on do it. not know. I have. Uh, I have. I'm on Facebook. I have a website, michaelberryman.com, but on my Facebook page, uh, I will be shouting it out and everybody that I've ever done an interview with, my manager will get in touch with, we'll, we'll get the word out. It's a really, really good read. Um, my wife has uh, checked it out and she's a, uh, she's a great coach on that. So my manager and uh, overall, um, uh, it's, it's time to tell a story. And uh, there's some, uh, some things that I can reveal that uh, some people have passed on, so uh, it's safe to uh, share that information. It's not an expose. It's a life journey. It's a memoir. That's awesome. And we can't wait to check it out. And of course, you've got to approve it by the wife first, Michael, before you go anywhere else, right? <laughs> He's a newlywed. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, let's sort of hit fast forward there, Michael. We'll talk about a bit more of your recent work. And Ned and I caught uh, Shed of the Dead the other night. That was a classic we thought. Now, we have to point out you looked very comfortable in that leather suit. Very comfortable. <sighs> well, you know, uh, um, the check didn't bounce. So what can I say? <laughs> yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. <laughs> what we yeah, I had a mortgage to pay, damn it. <laughs> Checked in that's, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, just <laughs> like he's just thrown past that one. What do you think? So we were talking about the Hills of Eyes there, Michael. What, did you catch the reboots of this? What What were your sort of thoughts on the the reboots of these movies? Well, well, my thoughts on the Hills of Eyes reboot was uh, it was I liked the photography. I, I I liked it. I thought they did a good job. I, it started to get a little pedantic to coin a phrase from my friend Andrew Getty. Um, when they were leaving the, uh, the cave and they had that little device that kind of accordioned out with metal teeth and it was so CGI. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, yeah. that over the top stuff just doesn't fly with me, especially in that genre. Um, I thought they, it was a good, a good solid movie, but it just didn't have the grit and terror. Um, uh, I, I'm glad they're doing remakes or, or I'm glad people are working. Uh, it's an industry. It feeds families and takes care of uh, people. And occasionally, if you get enough steady work, you can get that good medical insurance, which is kind of a cool thing. Do uh, uh, you, uh, you guys have national uh, health care? Yeah, we've got our sort of Medicare set up and all of that. Yeah. Good. It's, it's just kind of important. Uh, just as a side note, like when my father passed away, he put it in his will not to sue people for their inability to pay uh, his uh, doctor fees. And he explained that, you know, it's not their fault that they got a brain tumor or came down with Parkinson's, et cetera, et cetera. And he says, I'm not going to take somebody's house away from them or put them in debt forever um, because they honestly don't have the money. What are you going to do with that? You know, he actually believed in the Hippocratic Oath. You know, I remember him being on a board of review um, and he came home one day and he said, yeah, he had this young neurologist that just out of med school. He had a lot, yeah, he had a lot of doctor bills, okay, uh, from school, uh, tuition. And he, my dad had read, probably read half a million uh, uh, EEGs. He was one of the tops in the entire planet. And the guy charged like three or four times what my dad did. And my dad said, 
Well, you're overcharging, you know, basically. Yeah. How many have you read? Oh, thousands. Well, I've read hundreds of thousands. So um, I bring that up because one of my favorite uh, concepts is ethics. Um, I was on, uh, uh, I think it was the last Morton Downey Jr. show. We had, uh, there was a gal who uh, was trying to say that people that do horror films should be uh, incarcerated if somebody does a copycat uh, killing or, 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 you know, foul deed. And it was an interesting topic, but my point is this. Just like in the, in the movie, uh, uh, okay, um, what movie is it when the, the girl gets in trouble? Uh, it's a Joe Dante movie. Uh, she gets in trouble, has to go to the, uh, to the principal's office because she's talking about uh, ducking and cover under a desk won't protect you from fallout. You remember the movie? Matinee. It's called Matinee. Yeah. It's one of the. Yep. It, it's a wonderful must. Yep. Write it down on a crayon on your on your hand and go see it. It's a wonderful, wonderful movie by our friend Joe Dante. Well, I was of the same cut of cloth. In other words, um, I'm not a big fan of uh, armed conflict. I'll just put it to you that way. Yep. So. Uh, um, I almost lost my chain of thought. <laughs> well, <laughs> what was your question? I don't know. <laughs> no, but it is interesting. You sort of bring up the ethics side of it, and I suppose it's uh, you know with the uh, I suppose yes, and age of you know reboots and remakes, all sort of talking about there. It's interesting that you know some of that might get lost in transmission, I suppose. No, not at all. I just had a brain fart. <laughs> Ah, that's what hey, it happens. It does. That's right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this is the where. No, uh, ethics is, is pretty cool. So they were basically in New York on the Martin Downey Jr. show. You know, people were saying that you know um, a, a horror films are, are, are bad news. And I said, no, you can watch real war on the news. You can watch real people die on yeah, war. Exactly. Yep. Every yep. day, any, any any day of the week, anywhere on the planet. Well. We get overburdened with bad news. I remember uh, when I tried, I was helping a friend try to pitch a TV program on cable back in the mid 80s. It was called the Global Good News Network. And that was before Facebook and all the other social plat media platforms were available to where people could post really positive things. On my Facebook page, I only post positive stuff. We if you post, you know, nonsense, I I'm going to block it. So if you see a scary movie, uh, and I'm not into heavy splatter, you know, but but terror, horror, whatever. Okay, um, it, it pulls you out of, it gets you in, it, it psyched into a situation where you know, f uh, of, uh, fight or flight. What are you going to do? You survive it. Oh my goodness, it's like a roller coaster ride. Okay, that's kind of what it's designed to do. Occasionally, you can have some ethical issues there and and and, and ponder, uh, you know, premises and and things of that nature. But overall, it's pretty much a thrill ride. So. If I scare you, I, I, I'm glad. I grew up on a black and white TV watching the Universal Monster movies. We would turn all the lights out. And just, to, it was fun to scare yourself, you yeah. know. But but in the daytime, on a day-to-day -day basis, you should be able to have, you know, a joyful experience. So yeah, um, but uh, splatter, uh, I mean, it's like bad porn. <laughs> I guess you need to be able to escape into that reality, don't you? And but then again, if it's all around you with the bad news going on in the world, like it's a interesting situation. Well, you can change the channel. Uh, uh, like I, I, 
I wanted to be a veterinarian, but uh, I, I couldn't. So I, I spent time at a wolf sanctuary refu refuge. I've been to the Villa Borghese Zoo in Rome. Uh, where, whenever I travel, I always talk to the locals, find out what what, is, what are your indigenous people doing? How, how are they being provided for? Uh, how, how is your government and, and um, various institutions listening to their guidance uh, to uh, keep the, uh, uh, the the blue planet uh, uh, healthy? Um, I'm very excited about uh, youth. I talk, uh, Over the years, I've talked to many uh, school districts, uh, fourth, fifth, sixth graders, etc. And uh, I, I ask the kids straight up, I go, um, what do you worry about at night? I mean, when I was your age, I was worried about, uh, you know, uh, the Russians nuking us or, or just everybody just yeah. being, you know, you know, the end of it all, you know, it, it kind of puts a, uh, <laughs> kind of puts a bummer in your, in your plans to, for the future. So what really, really matters is how we treat one another. You know, that's really, really what matters. All, all the rest is conjecture and uh, most of it is self-serving bullshit. Yeah, very That's well said, right? Good there. way to sum Definitely. it up, isn't it? And speaking of bullshit, we won't mention the name of the movie that the check didn't bounce, but of course, yourself, Bill Mosley, and Kane Hodder have sort of teamed up quite a bit over the journey. And you guys have got another movie coming out next year called Jasper. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I would love to. When do we make it? <laughs> <laughs> you tell us. Uh, Jasper? You don't know anything about it. There you go. There you go. I don't know anything about it. I. I it's been in the talks. I haven't worked. I haven't worked on it yet. Wow! Yeah. There you go, right there. Now, room nine, room room nine is out. Yep. But uh, uh, not Jasper. Wow! There you go. That's okay. very interesting. Still in the works. I tell you what, Michael, this is something that you need to look into. So there's some false stuff out there on the yeah. internet. This movie doesn't even exist. Well, you can't believe everything on the internet, right? Just like uh, I was a florist, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what projects you do have in the works coming out for the next sort of 12 to 18 months or so. You've got the book, of course. Yep. Well, the, the book is the main thrust. Uh, it, it is. Uh, I would love to take uh, do, uh, do a speaking tour about it. Um, I've got a lot of conventions between now and uh, the end of November all across the United States, maybe one in Canada. Um, we're, we're trying to get get out of country again, but it's still kind of spotty, you know, it's still a challenge. But uh, at, at this stage of the game, um, my, my main emphasis is, uh, uh, you know, work when it's available, uh, conventions, I love meeting the fans and, and, and uh, there are a lot of these. These shows are a lot of fun because the whole family shows up. You got a family coming to your table. You got the kids. The parents are dressed up, you know, like the ghouls or, you know, um, 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 you know, characters from various movies. Uh, and I ask the kids, I go, hey, you know, are you embarrassed because your parents are dressed like this? And I go, oh, no, they do this all the time. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, they're, they're family oriented. I've met families at hotels and go, what's going on? Well, people are dressed funny. And then there's, oh my God, the people are getting tattoos and this and that and that. You know, well, this is what we do. Come on in and check it out. Here, I'll give you a free pass. Really? And then, you know, they go, wow, that's, I, I had a great time. You know, yeah. and uh, a, a lot of people are school teachers and firemen and police officers and, you know, every walk of life. It's delightful. And w one of the most rewarding aspects of going to the conventions for me is intelligent conversation. Years ago, I used to say, if you show me a library card, I'll give you a free autographed picture. I don't do that anymore because most people there are readers. Mm. You know, I like educated people. Oh, yeah. Uh, are those books behind you or toys on the, on the wall? 
I'd love to say books. <laughs> the books are over that side. <laughs> but yes, they are possibly toys, but we are talking about conventions and you have astronomy, Astronomicon coming up in August, the uh, 20th to the 22nd. You can grab your tickets at astronomicon.com. Yes. Tickets. And Michael, they are big, well-known for their karaoke. So we wanted to know... Do you get amongst karaoke? And if so, what is your specialty? Will we see Michael Berryman up there ripping up some something? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I do like uh, music. Um, if I was just saying karaoke, uh, there's a new CD out. It's been out for a year or, a year or so. It's uh, actually Stephen Stills and uh, Judy Collins. Um, a great musician. She's an incredible guitarist, and, and uh, a lot of those songs are a lot of fun to, to sing to. I, I do like uh, most of the songs from the Eagles, uh, Hotel California, of course. Um, um, I grew up on folk music and rock and roll and uh, some blues, and um, I don't know. I would just have to find uh, uh, find a title that I that I know uh, the, the lyrics to and sing. I sing in my truck all the time. I don't ha- I don't drive a car. I drive a truck. But um, you know, uh, singing is, is is good for the soul. Uh, you know, if, if you're out of tune, your dog or cat don't care. <laughs> That's very true. Well, hopefully we'll see some sort of video coming out because we're not going to be able to get to get over there and check it out, unfortunately. But we want to see some video of you ripping up the Eagles Hotel California. I think that'd Ooh, be yeah. that'd be pretty epic, right there. Well, Ed, uh, are you familiar with that album? I know the song. Okay. There, there's a there's a, a comment um, that was added by uh, uh, the drummer. Uh, I, I want to say Glenn Fry. It's the other gentleman. Uh, the drummer. What's the drummer's name? Um, Sorry, I can't. Yeah, not sure. Not sure. Okay, well, uh, they're checking out of the Century Plaza Hotel. My dear friend Bruce Clark was the night manager. Yeah, and and they said. Good night, said the night, man. You can check at any time you like, but you can never leave. Those are actually words that he was explaining to um, uh, the, the member of the band who was uh, paying for the incidentals for the uh, crew and, and the rest of the staff. And what he meant was, you're, we, we keep your information, so next time you're our guest, we, 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 there you are. And uh, he, he put that in just as a, an aside, as a shout out to a, to a friend of mine. A, a lot of songs are actually relevant to real events, which I've always appreciated. I've always liked folk music and and not so much traditional, but uh, now ballads, you know, you're telling a story. And that's what we do as actors, we tell stories. Musicians do the same thing. And, um, you know, sometimes when I have people at my table and, and I'm signing, I'll, I'll, I'll converse and, and they'll ask me a question and I'll, I'll, I'll you ask me a question, I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna loop back but I'm going to, in this area here, I'm going to interject uh, a little bit of me because you know, you're, you're sharing. And and then I'll, I'll, I'll look at somebody and I'll go, uh, make me laugh. Tell me something funny or what, or, or, or I'll, I'll set them up. Um, did you ever, did you ever come home and have your cat staring out the window and giving you that funny innocent look like I didn't do anything? You know, <laughs> I mean, so it's, it, it's, it's a taffy pull. It's a give and take. Uh, it, there's nothing more boring than being at a, at, at a show and it's just like, you know, uh, Norman Reedus, uh, uh, Norman, I, I know Norman is a friend and um, w- when you're on a hit show and you got people lined up hundreds down the hallway for hours on end, yeah, you don't have a lot of time to commit, so I understand that, but um, he, 
even people in, in that situation still have that uh, um, communication. Uh, it's a warm, fuzzy feeling, so to speak, because you're getting tons of love, you know, from the fans. You know, um, most of my actor friends, uh, you know, we don't charge, charge an arm and a leg, you know, if you've got handlers and they're run by some corporation and whatever, you know, I don't gouge. My point is we're all there to have fun. We're all uh, like, you know, somebody can come up and you can tell that, you know, they, they spend all their money on, on, a, on, a, on a certain item they really wanted to have and then they're, they're short. And I, I've seen very few, very uh, not very often does it happen where you, you see a celebrity like going, okay, well, come back when you have the money or there's an ATM over there. No, no. If it's obvious, it's obvious. And you just go, I'll just go, um, when was your birthday? And they'll tell you. I go, oh, man, that's right. I forgot. I had it written down. And how do I spell your name again? Well, happy birthday. Give him a picture. Yeah. You know? Hey, this is the sort of people that you want to be around yeah. right here, Michael Barron. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm mean, uh, i I'm not into... Uh, uh, hero worship. Uh, uh, well, heroes are different. I'm not into uh, celebrity worship. You know, it's it's yeah. pretty weird. It can get it can get really weird. I mean, Bob Dylan's. I know Bob Dylan real well, and my goodness, uh, he has to have guards hmm, uh, to keep keep the nuts away. Yeah. Uh, did that, but he didn't pay very well, so I had to leave. But uh, <laughs> and that'll be in the second book. Um, I did meet George Harrison one night. He showed wow. up at an house and I had to tell the driver to go away. I said, I said, could you roll the window down? I could see your version of George Harrison. And it was George Harrison at Bob Dylan's house. And I'm going, oh, that's nice. Now you got to leave. And he, and he goes, oh, I forgot to call him. I was none of here. And, and then I, I told him when he turned around, I said, you know, if you can make my telephone ring, we can continue this conversation. That, that was interesting. Wow. Geez. That's just a teaser. That's just yeah. a teaser for book that, two. Love it. <laughs> but in book one, there's some good stuff. Yeah, we need to have an interview too i think michael this has been a whole, whole <laughs> but one last thing before we let you go because we have well and truly outdone our time yeah. here and thank you for that one last thing michael uh, we want a recommendation from you john and i we had the we're like we've got to re-watch the hills have eyes so we're fresh for this interview and then we stumbled across this other movie i'm like shed of the dead i've never seen that one so we watched that instead what is what should we watch what's your michael berryman what's your sort of favorite piece of work that we should check out Okay, uh, I have three suggestions. Number one is the only film by Andrew Getty. It's called The Evil Within. I like the original title, which is Storyteller. I play a cadaverous entity that brings nightmares uh, to Dennis, who is the brother of Sean Patrick Flannery. Dina Myers is uh, 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 Dennis's uh, future uh, sister-in-law. It was filmed at Andrew's uh, estate um, based on a nightmare he had. The reason why I recommend The Evil Within is because uh, all of the uh, camera work is practical. There's almost zero CGI. He graduated from USC Film School. So I recommended that for the horror genre. It, it, it has some flaws, but overall it's a very interesting film. And, and there's an opening scene where I'm a cadaver and I take a zipper and I hold it up above Dennis's head and as it unravels, it has needles in it. And now the camera's on top looking down on my back. And then it switches to where I'm Dennis's head and I'm my head's on top. And I put the needles and the zipper all the way down his back. Now you're up looking down and I unzip him and crawl inside his body. And that was practical, no CGI. Oh, damn. Now that's the evil within. But as far as uh, performance, uh, I really liked... Uh, Oh, gosh. Um, well, I, I, 
Ed, Ed Gein, Butcher of Plainsfield, with uh, I had, I had my, my first scene with uh, um, uh, Kane Hodder. We had a kick on that. Um, probably my my one of my favorite little short roles was uh, um, One Please, a little indie short film by uh, uh, a surgeon uh, physician in Arkansas named Jesse Burke. It, it's called One Please. I'm the creepy ice cream man. Pretty lot of fun. And then, of course, my my uh, um, um, season three of the X Files. Yes. Revelations. Owen Jarvis. Very very good role in that. I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, just, and then it, and then just for shits and giggles, I will give you a clue, and you tell me what it's about. Here's the clue. Here we go. <laughs> And and you can do one and then the other. Wow. Oh, I haven't practiced in a while. I can do it just wearing headphones. <laughs> well, what what was that from? That seems like some sort of, I don't know, Star Trek-y type thing. <laughs> I don't know. A music video. Oh, yes, of course. This is another thing that I did see. You popped up in the music video for... Molly Crew. That's Molly right. Curry, Molly yeah. Curry. Smoking yes. in the boys' room. Yes. <laughs> this man is an absolute legend, John. It is Michael Berryman. Yes, sorry. I had a very senior moment right there. Michael, before we let you go, what is your Facebook page so people can get amongst this and keep up to date with all Okay, if you go to if you go to Facebook and you and, and you Google my name, you will find a, a circle and it has a composite picture of one flew over the cuckoo's nest with pictures of different scenes in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. That's the page I go to every single day. There is a, uh, there's a fan page. I don't run it. I, I never go to it. But my page has cuckoo's nest right in the middle. It's a circle. And then there's more uh, over, over here is a, a picture from weird science and whatnot. That's my page. And my page, as you will see, there's wonderful stories. Uh, pictures of a lizard sleeping in a, in a flower. Uh, 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 a guy giving a foot massage to a, a lion uh, that he rescued. Uh, animals saving people. People saving animal. Uh, uh, back and forth i mean all it's all positive upbeat good stuff it just you know um it has emotional content and and uh, and, I, and i get that from my good friend uh, brandon lee because i remember uh, uh uh reciting that wonderful scene about laos time that is that bruce lee his father did and i was in his trailer and and we we hit it off really well i was a skull cowboy but my part died with brandon my dear friend i'm still in uh, i still keep in touch with rochelle who played sarah um that's probably my most endearing role of all time um working with brandon lee um and my favorite movie of all time of course is uh, blade runner and I've, I had the absolute pleasure of having dinner with Rutger Hauer, uh, where uh, we discussed his final uh, death dialogue that he made up on the spur of the moment. You know, uh, it's just beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful uh, pieces of, of, of uh, cinema uh, ever. So my point is, uh, be good to one another. Every day's a gift. And uh, don't look too far into the future because it's moment by moment, by heartbeat, by heartbeat, by breath. So, you know, um, and I'll, I'll leave you with a, a really good one. It's a beauty secret. 
I mean, definitely, guys, you, you need this. <laughs> Thank you. It's true. Okay. You don't want a lot of wrinkles, right? Say no. No. Of course not. Sorry. Yes. Okay, good, good. Okay. <laughs> now, if you want to avoid wrinkles, you need to be lazy. It takes 23 muscles to frown. It only takes three to smile. Oh, there you go right there. That's fantastic. Not like an idiot, but with purpose. Yeah, I'm going to smile about. <laughs> well, you've given us plenty to smile about, Michael. This has been an absolute whole bunch of fun. We cannot thank you enough for taking time out. If you're in America in that Detroit area, be sure to check him out at Astronomicon. Thank you so much, Michael. We really appreciate it. We'll see you there, guys. Be safe. Have a lovely tomorrow. <laughs> it's probably tomorrow now. <laughs> so far, so good. Okay. All right. Peace out. Yeah, we'll wrap it up there, Michael. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much. Really appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate your time. A lot of fun, guys. Grab a little. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Michael. Take care, appreciate Michael. It. You're welcome. See you later. Have a blast. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.